Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, talk about this amazing book and how it can change our life. It's awesome. Got a question for you. <clears throat> Do you ever wonder why so many people want to kill Jesus? This really is a mystery to me as I look in the Bible, as I read the Bible. I find Jesus to be such a wonderful person. I'll bet you do too. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yet so many people wanted to kill him. Why would that be? Well, we've been talking this week about the identity of Jesus. We're concerned about a recent survey out that indicated 43% of evangelical Christians agree with the statement that says Jesus was a great teacher, a good man, but he was not God. And so we've been looking this week at what does the Bible teach about the identity of Jesus? Is he God come in the flesh? Indeed, this is what we talk about here at Christmas time, is it not that Jesus is God in the flesh? We've looked on uh, Tuesday, we looked at, uh, and you can go back and find these videos, just search on this YouTube for Tom the Preacher and find my page. A few days ago on Tuesday, we talked about what the prophets said about him, prophesied that the Messiah would be God. On Wednesday, we talked about what Jesus said about himself and how he made claims to deity. He made claims to be the great I am, found how God identified himself in the book of Exodus chapter 3. And then we talked yesterday about how the followers of Jesus saw him, how John saw him as, as the word that was in the beginning that became flesh, that the word was God, how Paul saw him as the Lord and he quoted scripture, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you shall be saved. And he quoted from scripture in the Old Testament where the Lord referred clearly to Yahweh, Jehovah, God Almighty. And now today I'd like to talk about, well, how did his enemies see him? What did they see in Jesus? How did they understand his message? And why did they turn against him? Let's start today in John chapter 5. And here Jesus had been having a conflict with the Jews because he was he, he healed someone on the Sabbath day. The Jews don't think you do any work at all on the Sabbath day. And they were upset that he commit, he performed a miracle of healing on the Sabbath day. And so they were persecuting him for this. And Jesus made the statement in John 5, beginning with verse 17. My father is working until now, and I myself am working. Well... How did they respond to this? Now they weren't so interested in this idea of working on the Sabbath. Now they had another bone to pick with them. What's it read in verse 18? For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Again, it's important when you read the Bible to understand that the cultural implication and the cultural context. In our culture today, many of us, we, we say, well, you know, God is our father. We're the children of God. We talk in these terms. But in those days, no, that was not understood. To, it, that was more like, shall we even almost say like the Muslim culture today, that to call God your father is a terrible blasphemy, or to say God was the father of Jesus in the Muslim culture, Muslim theology would be a terrible blasphemy because that implied God had a son, God had a child, and they don't believe that. And these Jews were struggling with that. They didn't agree with it either. And so they thought Jesus had committed a terrible sin by claiming that God was his father. Well, 
how did did Jesus want to clarify this? They're making they're saying Jesus, you're making yourself equal to God. Did Jesus want to say no? You're misunderstanding what I mean. Don't don't get me wrong here. Is that what he said? No. Let's look what he said. He went on a few verses later to as he began to discuss this. And Jesus says this, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he's given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Whoa! Jesus wanted to make this one clear. If you're you're upset with me because I call God my Father, you're claiming I'm making myself equal to God? Well, just so you understand, let's be clear. The Father gives life, and I give life. The Father raises the dead, I raise the dead. The Father judges, actually, he has given all judgment to me. I'm going to be the one to judge every single person. There's a come a day, he says, he goes on to say, when even the people in the graves, the tombs, will hear the voice of the Son of God and come forth to judgment, and who would be the judge? Jesus would be. And he says, therefore, because of this, all should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. How do you honor the Father? Do you worship him? Well, you should worship the Son. Do you glorify him? You should glorify the Son. Do you give him praise? Thanksgiving, you should give praise and thanksgiving to the Son because Jesus is saying, yes, I am the equal of the Father, and I am to be honored and worshiped in the exact same way you would honor and worship the Father. Jesus made it pretty clear here, didn't he? His enemies understood it. This is why they wanted to stone him. We go a little bit further in the book of John, and we find a similar thing. In John chapter 10, Jesus has been talking about being the good shepherd. He says he gives eternal life to people. Once again, notice he doesn't say the Father does. He says, I give eternal life. And there, there, there's this, you know, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep follow me, he's saying. Well, the Jews weren't liking this. And Jesus culminated this John 10 message of being the good shepherd in verse 30 where he says this, I and the Father are one meaning one in essence, one in essence. Not just we're united, but we're one in our very essence. Well, what did the Jews understand this to mean? It was pretty clear. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. They, they, they were against what he said. They didn't like it. They were going to stone him to death. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Well, what an interesting interesting claim. His enemies understood exactly what he was saying. His enemies understand that he was declaring himself to be God. And for this, they said, this is blasphemy, and you deserve to be stoned. You need to be put to death for this. They understood. They understood exactly. They didn't believe it. They rejected it, but they understood exactly what Jesus was saying. 
I hope you do too. Well, we're going to go one step further. How about, how about the ultimate? Jesus had been arrested, and the, 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 the Jewish leaders decide this, he needs to be put to death. He's going to upset things with the Romans. He's going to lead a rebellion. We're going to lose our power. He's challenging our authority. He's bringing this new, these new concepts, these new ideas. And so they had him arrested. They figured he had to be put away. They had him arrested, and they're trying him. They can't find any witnesses to agree on things. They, he, he claimed he can tear down this temple and rebuild it in three days. What's that mean? It took 40 years to build this temple, and you think you're going to rebuild it in three days, and there are all kinds of accusations they're bringing against him. And Jesus did not answer him, and none of the accusations were really working because you have to have two witnesses, and none of the false witnesses were coming up with a consistent story. So we, get, we come to the middle of Jesus' trial before the Sanhedrin, before the high priest. Mark chapter 4, 61 through 64, it reads this way. Again, the high priest was questioning him and saying, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, this was a claim that came from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. And this is a claim to being the Messiah, to being the Ancient of Days, to being the eternal ruler in the kingdom of God. And Jesus made this statement right to the high priest, right to his face. He knew what he was saying. And when they're asking, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One, this high priest was, are you making a claim to be the Messiah, God, the Son of God? And again, they didn't, like you and my mind think, well, we're all sons of God. That wasn't the way they were thinking. Go back to Matthew, Mark, go back to John 5, where Jesus, where they wanted to stone him because he was making God out to be his father and saying he was the son. And they understood that meant he was equal to God. And sure enough, he showed them he was. So here the high priest, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? Jesus' answer, I am. And you'll see the son of man coming sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven, tearing his clothes, the high priest said, what further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Mark chapter 14, 61 through 64. Brothers and sisters, as we look through the gospels, we understand that not only did Jesus' followers understand his claim to be God, the Messiah, God come in the flesh, the, the Son of God, the equal of God, the Father, equal of God, the Father. Not only did they understand it, but his enemies understood this. His followers believed this truth. His enemies rejected this truth, but they all understood exactly what he was saying. Where do you stand? I hope you are a believer in Jesus Christ. I hope you are you accept and embrace his claim to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, the, the Savior of the world, the one who's the judge of the world, the one who gives eternal life, the one who is the equal of his Father God, the second person of the Trinity, one God revealed in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you believe that and you embrace that and you embrace him, that he gives you eternal life. If you don't, well, you'll be rejected as those who rejected Jesus. They'll find out on the judgment day they will be the ones rejected by him. 
Dare I say that again? You receive him and he receives you. You reject him. And on that judgment day, he will reject you. A frightful thing. Don't let that happen upon you. Amen? Father in heaven, we praise you today for sending your son. You are the blessed one, and Jesus is your son. He is your, he is, he has made, he's claiming a man walking this earth, and you're claiming to be God come in the flesh, and we embrace that. We believe that. We declare that Jesus is Lord, and we understand that to mean that Jesus, you are the creator, that through you all things are made, that you are eternal. You're the judge of all. You're the one who gives eternal life. You're the one who rescued us and saved us from our sins. You are the hope, and we trust you, and we believe you. You're our Savior. You're our Lord. We love you and bless you. I pray today, Lord, for any here who this is new to them. Help them to open their mind and open their heart to faith in Jesus Christ for who you really are. We don't want a false Jesus because we don't want a false Savior. We need a true salvation that comes through a true understanding of the real Savior. We bless you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing that you would give your life for us. You, the Son of God, the Lord, would give your life for us sinners. Thank you for that. We bless you in Jesus' name. I have one additional prayer. Someone who comes here regularly with us, my friend Johanan from Southeast Asia. They're having a big gospel meeting today, and his son, Ben Saki is leading it. This will probably be the first time he's done something like this. So, Lord, we pray for Ben Saki, and we pray you give him grace and strength, fill him with your Holy Spirit, empower him to bring a great message to this gospel meeting. We pray for many from this, uh, this city and this land in the Southeast Asia that many would come to Christ. You'd raise them up, raise up believers and disciples for you through this ministry of my friend Johanan, his wife Shirley, and their child Ben Saki, and their care and their whole family, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I prayed for my friend there because we are an online community and they join us from the other side of the world. How amazing is that? They come and you can join us whether you're in, in, in the other side of the world, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Asia, whether you're in the United States. You can join us live or you can watch later in the day or you can even just listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. But friends, we are serious about our walk with God. We're serious about our relationship with God, and we're serious about getting to know the Word of God. What we've talked about this week, lots of churches can go years and can go decades without teaching this, and yet it's vital doctrine related to what it means to be a Christian and salvation. Don't be satisfied with cheap, shallow theology. We come here every day to get into the Word of God, to learn it, to be inspired, to be encouraged. I hope you'll join us. If you're new, welcome. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave a comment, and share with your friends. To you here every day, God sees you're serious about learning the Word, and I'm, blessed, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to share it with you. So I love you guys. God bless you. God strengthen you. And until we meet tomorrow, might you walk in the fullness of the Spirit of God and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.